Welcome back to another episode of Pat and the Fat Man. We like to where we like, yeah, <clears throat> yeah, sports. We're talking about sports, damn it. <laughs> I'm Pat. <laughs> and I'm the Fat Man, otherwise known as Bruce. All right. Fat Man, otherwise known as Bruce. We're talking about sports today because I jumbled the, the beginning. Yep. We're going to talk about baseball today, kind of give a little catch up on what's been going on with baseball. Baseball. Those that don't remember, the Fat Man is a fan of the Cleveland Indians. Pat is a fan of the Texas Rangers. I could tell you that the Cleveland Indians right now are second in their division, but that really doesn't mean much. They're a 500 team, essentially. 32 and 27, they're only two games above 500, really. Four and a half games behind Chicago. I would be very surprised if they made playoffs. I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't. The Rangers are in dead last. Dead last <laughs> in the AL West. <laughs> Twelve and a half games out of first in their division. Yeah. 24 wins, 39 losses. <laughs> Getting beaten by the Athletics, Astros, Mariners, and Angels. Yeah, they're just not very good. I watched them <laughs> on Monday. I rewatched the, the Mariners game. It's interesting. In that game, it looked like when they were on defense, they were playing pretty well. Uh-huh. But the, the truth is the Rangers have always been a hitting club, and they scored one run, and they left a lot of guys on base. I, I know the dynamics of baseball are changing such that infield play is a lot harder to do these days. Right. But there's some teams that do it. So well, the Rays. Oh my gosh! Watching Tampa Bay get guys on base—it's impressive. It just is. They got one guy. Every time he comes to bat, he gets on base somehow. He gets walked, or he gets hit, or he makes a single or a double. But every—and he's not a fast guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's a big guy, <laughs> but he always gets on base. Yeah, that used to be the Indians. The Indians used to be that ball club where. A couple of years ago, they'd always get a couple guys on base and they could always get hits. And in the mid 90s, that was what made them really great. Nowadays, though, you see a lot of high strikeouts and we're going to kind of walk this to what I wanted to talk about today. But what it is, is like everyone's obsessed with a long ball, or at least the players are. Supposedly the fans are, but I think that's changing. But that the players come to the plate, they're thinking just home run, home run, home run. None of them are like, let's just put the ball in play and see what happens. Yeah, you know, I think a big part of that is the, you know, defensive infielding has gotten good. I, I, I can't really describe it another way, but it seems like it's a lot harder to make a run without somebody involved hitting a home run. What analytics have done to the game is now we have the shift, moving players on the infield to one side of the field or the other. So players that just don't adjust to those things, they'll naturally hit in the ground ball to that part of the infield where all the players are and they'll get out. The managers, there's a lot of, you know, changing pitchers out and pitch hitting and changing hitting, you know, the kind of attempt to manipulate the game in order to win the game, right? Right. And that's all well and good from that standpoint. But from a watchability stand, you know, it sucks every time they take a pitcher out. (laughs) You're burning 10, 15 minutes of time of game time, right? Mm. And it makes the game long. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of things they do now because of the analytics that I, I think have actually taken away from the enjoyability of the game. You're trying so hard to win that you're causing everybody not to watch anymore. Right. That's kind of funny, too, is about enjoyability and trying hard so people can not win. We talked about over the last year about the uh, cheating scandal with the Astros, you know, the trash can and whatnot. Well, it seems like another 
cheating scandals come up. And I put cheating scandal in air quotes because it's one of those things that has been happening in baseball for a long time, but they're just now deciding to uh, do something about it. And that's um, pitchers putting foreign substances on the baseball. I feel like this is like pitching 101. This is like the first thing you do to learn how to cheat when you're a pitcher <laughs> is to try to get something on the ball to make your slider or your curveball. Well, yeah, it, the spitball. Yeah. The spitball was literally the pitcher spitting on the ball and then either just throwing it like that or rubbing the clay on it so that way they can get a better grip. Right. But apparently nowadays pitchers are using this substance that they're calling spider tack, which apparently is some mixture of resin and sunscreen and whatnot to get a better grip on the ball. And what I'm finding out is that apparently Major League Baseball owns Rawlings, which is the manufacturer of Major League Baseballs. Oh, And that over the years, they've been making the ball smaller and in particular, making sure that the stitching on the ball is less pronounced, making it harder to grip. So pitchers have been doing the spider tack and whatnot to get a better grip on the ball. And then, of course, managers and players who who are known for being good at bat are complaining about it. You know, they're putting stuff on the ball and you could tell by the pitch rotation, the rotation speed of the ball, because now analytics tell batters to to see how fast that ball is rotating then from there you can tell what kind of pitch it's going to be you know and and stuff like that yeah how you do that when the i mean even even in a slow pitch is going 80 miles an hour i don't know how you figure that one out (laughs) standing as a pitcher they train them to do that No, i i know i just don't know how they do it (laughs) oh yeah what this really is is batters going well now i'm not hitting my home runs like i used to And that makes me mad. (laughs) And so there's two parts to this one. Okay. I understand cracking down on porn substances. That's part of the game. You know, you shouldn't be cheating. I mean, if you're going to allow them to put stuff on the ball, that's not naturally there, then you got to forgive Sammy Sosa for taking roids and, and a whole bunch of things, you know, my position is kind of like, eh, (laughs) you know, I, I, is the game more enjoyable or not? That That's kind of what I'm going after. And mm-hmm. it's just been such a part of baseball or pitching or whatever you want to call it, like this form of cheating. Mm-hmm. Okay, I get it. If you're going to suddenly crack down, you know, sport-wide, that's fine. But if you're going to go after a couple guys... And that bears the other problem. Like, okay, so, you know, the steroids thing, I think we agree in general. I have an opinion about that. If guys want to shoot them up with steroids in order to hit a ball farther and, you know, lose their nuts or whatever's going to happen to them bad because they're doing that, then whatever. They're entertainers, right? That's what they're paid for. Yeah, you can say they're athletes, but whatever. They're entertainers. (laughs) (laughs) Like, they're not making – you go ask an Olympic athlete if they're making – you know, millions and millions of dollars because of their athletics. <laughs> yeah. No, they're right. not. Like these guys are making millions and millions of dollars because they're entertainers. Right. And if they want to, you know, destroy their body in that, okay, that's effectively what football players do even without steroids. <laughs> but on the same, in the same vein, if you have guys who don't want to do that, who still want to compete, it, that makes it problematic, right? You'd have to come up with like a secondary league or something that, you know, the non-roid league or whatever. But the secondary piece of this is like, okay, so we suddenly said now it's no it's no longer okay to use steroids. We think it's cheating. Uh-huh. And so we're going to wipe out the records of all these guys who are on it. If you start trying to go after that with pitching, I don't think there's an end game. 
I think you've got to burn every every pitcher who's in the Hall of Fame out because I can almost guarantee all of them did something like this at some point in their career. I, but you got to prove it, right? I, I, there's a guess and a no to that. <laughs> I, I kind of feel like if they're going to do something like this, then it's sort of like okay, from now on, if you're caught, you know, trying to tack on some some of your sunscreen onto the ball to get a better curve out of it, then. Then we'll go after you, but we're not going to pay attention to what came before this because if we do, that's a rabbit hole that's not going to lead anywhere good. Well, one, it's a rabbit hole that you're not going to be able to find anything in anyways. There's not going to be any proof. That's that's the thing right now is that they can prove it. I mean, that's what their their you know managers and other ball players are saying is that well, we can prove you just have the umpire go out there and check the damn ball. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, if, if they get to the point where they're trying to prove it via analytics, like the, the, the ball cameras or whatever, I mean, you could get there. Like you could do, okay, we're going to look at old footage now and we're going to run these numbers. You know, I guarantee you get a bunch of computer scientists that get some sort of like, Hey, figure out if this guy put some stuff on this baseball. I mean, that, that, that sounds like a PhD right there. <laughs> but see, that's not proof. Unless you could physically see the substance on the ball, you could say, oh, the, the ball threw differently on this day than it did this day. But pitching is so is such a nuanced thing that no pitcher throws the same every single day. I mean, there's no consistency in a baseball pitcher. That's why one pitcher can go out on one game and throw a shutout, and the next one he gets lit up with 10 home runs. Yeah, There is a certain thing to it, to pitching baseball, but my bigger thing about it is is more of, so what is the, the motivation behind this? Is it because you want to keep the game clean, or is it because you want these guys to start hitting home runs again because you think it's going to bring more business? You know, I think this is something we we probably agree about, but I, I don't think, I mean, home runs are, are nice. They're fun, right? Right. But like single single man home runs, I mean, they're okay, but I mean, you can't beat a grand slam, right? And in order to get a, a grand slam off, you got to have three guys on base. Right. I think it's way more exciting to see a guy take a double and turn it into a triple or to get on first base and try to steal, steal second. second. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, that was like in the Rangers-Mariners game I watched. That was the, the most fun part of that is watching the bases get stolen because, you know, otherwise the Rangers weren't doing that great. <laughs> right, because that's when you see real skill. I mean – with home runs nowadays, you know, the batters know at they, they know the launch angle. You know, they know at what angle to hit the ball to get it up and out over the fence. And so analytics are teaching them how to hit home runs. And it's just like, yeah, but it's boring. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> now I'll grant you eight runs in an inning. After a while, you're like, all right, let's move on. Yeah. Yeah. But there's a middle ground here, you know, <laughs> and that's just offensively, defensively. There's nothing better than to see a shortstop make a diving catch on a ground ball that should have gone right up the middle and still throw the guy out at first. Oh, yeah. Or, or to, I mean, one of the most amazing things I ever saw was a triple play. A guy at, at third base catches the ball on a, on a third base line drive and makes it, you know, wings the ball to second and he wings it to first and they get all three of them out. That I mean, that's impressive. Right. Recently, there was a triple play. It was probably the most bizarre triple play you've ever seen. A ball gets popped up into the air. There was a runner on first and a runner on third. Popped up in the air. The first baseman catches it, steps on first, and throws out the guy at home plate. Hmm. Because it happened so fast and was so sudden 
the, the first base runner didn't realize that the ball was caught in midair. So all the first baseman had to do was catch the ball, step on the bag. And then the third base runner wasn't paying attention. So he threw him out at home. Yeah. But, you know, stuff like that, you know. <laughs> and then all this really comes down to the fact that baseball is trying to fix its image. And the reason why it's having to do that, the reason why, in, in my opinion, that they're having such a problem with keeping audiences is that they're so reactionary. They've allowed the sport to get away from them. Uh, and I don't, I couldn't tell you why, but they've allowed players to get paid like Francisco Lindor, who used to be an Indian. And I'll say, you know, I wasn't happy that he went to the Mets, but I understand money's money, but he's not worth the $314 million guaranteed that he's got on his contract with the Mets. Because the, the thing is, he himself single-handedly is not going to win them a World Series. Bryce Harper got $400 million to go from the Washington Nationals to, to the Philadelphia Phillies. And the very next year after he left, the Nationals won the World Series. Yeah, the, the amount of money involved in moving players around, it doesn't correlate with the fact that the, the sport is, in general, hemorrhaging money. Like, Right. Hemorrhaging money to guys that can't possibly be worth it. And you're not able to recruit or develop good talent because right now the the indians are in shambles it is a triple a team that was brought up too early like there's like maybe one veteran on that team that's that's worth anything that's jose ramirez and the rest of them are guys who are just trying to make their way but it's it's oftentimes it's a sad sad show you know routine fly balls that aren't caught guys out of position just swinging away when they're at the plate and the one excuse you always hear is, well, the Indians don't have the money. They don't have the money. Like, well, where's the money going? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't know where the money's going because it's not into these guys. They're not getting paid a whole lot. But Lindor, Trout, Harper, these guys are getting multi-hundred million dollar contracts. They're not worth it. The Major League Baseball's just kind of been asleep at the wheel and they're trying to be reactionary and it's just not working. Yeah. And then, you know, and, and I know... You know, I, I'm not taking a side on the in the in the political thing, but the whole like pulling out of Atlanta for whatever they what were they going to do in Atlanta? Was it the All Star game? The All Star game. Yeah, pulling the All Star game out of Atlanta for political reasons. I think if you're Major League Baseball, you know, your goal is to tick off as few people as possible. Well, that's another thing. The All Star game has kind of been meaningless lately. I mean, well, I, I, but I'll, I'll give you an example. Bob doesn't watch the Indians anymore. He's done. He's out. He's called it on baseball. I mean, that's a guy that watched the Indians for 40 years, 50 years. And because he's just tired of sports, you know, playing politics. You know, we've seen it in the NFL and the NBA, too. And, and you know, we don't really care about the NBA anyways. But <laughs> but I think I think it just behooves the sports to not play politics. Well, it hasn't hurt the NFL at all. Yeah, it has. No, it hasn't. They just got done signing a brand new TV television deal, and it's, they're making more money than ever. They just got another another game on the season, and they're not hurting for nothing. Yeah, but baseball is not football. Well, no, but baseball had problems even before the All Star thing. What I'm saying is, it's a, it was a stupid move. It didn't affect them either way. I think it did. I disagree. I think it cost them fans, which cost them money. I think that those fans were looking for an excuse to walk away to begin with. Okay, fine. It doesn't matter. Once you lose them, they're gone. See, I don't think that's true either because the history of baseball is has been gone back and forth with fans, just like hockey. 
I mean, fans come and go to that sport because it's always there because they've had lockouts before, yet most of the teams are still there. It's not like anybody's shuttering up because of any of this stuff. Yeah, I just think it's a stupid move. And I think if you're Major League Baseball, you have more pressing issues than trying to make political stances in order to earn you... What, viewers? Well, that was last year, right? The, the All-Star thing? I thought that was this year. That's hard to tell. Yeah, it is hard to tell, but nobody's been talking about it. I mean, <laughs> no one's talking about the All-Star right now going that it's a big mistake or, or anything like that. Because, like I said, nobody cares about the All-Star game because there's two things for it. One, that you have fans that just vote for whoever for the All-Star game itself. And... Then you get guys out there that really cares for the actual game. But then when it comes time to do the home run derby, which everyone cares about, they leave it up to the coaches to pick who should go to the home run derby when it really should be flipped. Because if everyone likes home runs, then why are you taking the ability to pick who you want to see hit home runs away from the fans? So they just don't do a good job marketing on the things that they can really do a good job marketing of. Right. And that's my point. They're not focused on the right stuff. And I think another problem is minor league baseball. I think that if you're trying to expand your your audience and, well, I'm going to tag in spring training with minor league baseball, what they've done is they condensed the number of minor league baseball teams and have basically made it so that way in spring training, all of your teams are in just two locations. In spring training, you're either in Phoenix or you're in Southeast Florida. Because supposedly it's better for the traveling. It's 30 days that these guys, not even 30 days, it's more like 28. And of those 28 games that they play in that month, most of the time, most of the big time players don't even play all but maybe three innings. And then minor league, minor league systems allow people to see baseball on there every day. It's a reason to go out on a Wednesday night or a Thursday night and see young players develop into something. So that way, when they make the show, they have a fan base and people go, oh, look, I watched that guy go from nothing. I've got his rookie card here when he was nothing. And now he's a somebody. Yeah, I, I went to a minor league game and I got his bobblehead doll. <laughs> right. I mean, we used to have a team in our town in, in Brevard County. We had the Manatees. And oh, who came, who was a pitcher? I want to say his name was Jared Wright. I uh, was a pitcher that came through that farm system. Not very long, but he was there and all sorts of players. So they're not doing anything to either grow or retain fans. Then they're banking on the popularity of three or four guys who are making hundreds of millions of dollars as because they see that happening in pro football as if it's the same product. The one thing you talk about with football players is who sells the most jerseys or who's got the most Twitter followers, you know, like Tom Brady's got the most Twitter followers of anybody on Twitter. Tom Brady's (laughs) hilarious. So (laughs) (laughs) I could be wrong, but if I remember correctly, Baker Mayfield's got the most Jersey sold Hmm. last I heard. I mean, I'll believe it, but you know, in football, they care about that in baseball. It's, you know, everyone's got their favorite team. It's more about the teams than it is about the players in baseball. Right. There are players that I, I really like, but they, they tend to only last at teams like three or four seasons. Right. And then what the heck am I going to do with this jersey with this guy's name on it? I mean, at least with football, you, you get guys that stick with teams for five to ten years. And it and, and I think – I don't know what it is. I think it's the uh, kind of the individual nature of football in the – you know, it, it, it is a team sport. It really, really, really is. Mm-hmm. But the way it's watched, it almost looks like it's one or two guys who make the show. And then beyond that, it, there's only 
16 games. Mm-hmm. There's only X number of games in a season. And so every game, every move, every player makes it every game is important, which is also true in a way in baseball, but there's just so many games. Yep. I've come a long way in looking at that and going, maybe it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to reduce it from 162. But my thing is, is being a truck driver, and this is me being selfish, I take comfort in knowing that there's a game five, six days out of the week <laughs> to listen to or to watch, you know. But, you know, it might be time to, to think about changing that, too. I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't know what the solution to that is. And the problem is the games are somewhere, you know, a short game is like three hours. I will say that they have made these two changes that I think are great. And it shows that making changes works, which is one double headers are now only played seven innings each. If you play on a day where it's a doubleheader, it's seven innings. Oh, really? I didn't know they made that change. Yep. Hmm. And then the other thing is the extra innings rule. So now in the extra innings, the last person that was at bat for your team, when it's their turn in the in the the 10th inning or, you know, subsequently, you know, 11th, 12th, whatever, starts on second base when it's your turn with nobody out. You know, I think that's a pretty interesting I don't know if I necessarily agree with it as a rule. I don't, I don't know. I don't really have an opinion as far as like whether that's a good rule or a bad rule. It just seems like, okay, that's interesting. I get what you're going for. You're trying to make sure somebody scores. <laughs> right. And then potentially just make it a shorter experience all around, you know? Yeah. That way you're not doing a three-hour game turn into an eight-hour game or something and go 14, 15 innings. Yeah, and that was last game me and Trip went to. We went and saw the Astros play the – the Rangers, and it went to extra innings, and it, it went so long that we had to leave. Right. We couldn't stay. And, and of course, it ended, like, the one inning after we left because that's how that thing goes. <laughs> but, yeah, it's it's hard to justify. I'm going to spend – you know, I planned on spending four hours, and now I'm at six. <laughs> right. Especially if it's a nighttime game, you know, especially if it's a, a 7 o'clock game start time. You, know, you don't want to be there till one, two in the morning. Yeah, especially it's like a weekday. <laughs> right. That's the thing. Like you said, you know, there's certain changes that they're making, but they're very slow to do it. They need to get control of the players and their contracts because otherwise it's just not going to be obtainable because baseball simply just doesn't make the same amount of money the NFL does. I don't think it ever will, but they can make sustainable money if they do things correctly. Yeah. I mean, it could, it could last as a support. So I, what I'm ticked off about right now is I can't go to a Rangers game. Mm-hmm. And the reason I can't go to a Rangers game is because, you know, it's a mask optional, no distance. Full capacity. Yeah, sure. I'm vaccinated, so I probably won't have a problem. I have a son who's uh, has got a heart condition, so I can't just throw caution to the wind because 95% effective means 5% of the time you still get COVID. <laughs> so, and if you're a, if you're an XCOM player a 95% means you're definitely going to miss and get killed by the alien. So <laughs> 95, yeah, I've got a 95% at a point blank range and I missed. Well, okay then. <laughs> so, you know, I, I can't take those chances. So I, and, but and it takes me off because I was watching the Rangers Mariners and it was in Seattle. And in Seattle, they have sections which are vaccinated sections. Mm-hmm. They're not social distance or anything, but not that there were that many people in there anyways. But, 
you know everybody's in there safe and the rangers don't have anything like that and it ticks me off because i really want to go see the new ballpark uh-huh. it's inside i want to go see a rangers game in the air conditioning at four in the afternoon in the dead of the summer <laughs> you know <laughs> i want that experience because it's a novel experience for us texans <laughs> At least Minute Maid Park's been open for a while in Houston for the Astros, but I want to go see a Rangers game, and I can't. I just can't right now. So I, that's what I'm ticked off about. And it's the same problem. It's variability, right? We talked about that in, in college football, mm-hmm. where it was like every – not only every conference, but every university was sort of coming out with its own rules, and they, they didn't necessarily mesh, and it was causing lots of problems. That's a problem that's in every sport right now because, like, even in hockey – the Canadian government had to give special permissions to the Canadian teams to travel, whoever decided, whoever got to move on to the next round, because it was Montreal versus Ottawa. And one of them was going to win and have to go play an American team. And so they had to make special accommodations so that way they can go play. So, I mean, it's every, every sport's going through that right now. Yeah. Well, it's like they did the Rose Bowl in texas Uh this year instead of in california where it's been forever (laughs) because the state of california said no i'm sorry i'm sorry not even just the family of the players can come watch this game Uh if you have it here and everybody involved was like no (laughs) we'd rather watch our (laughs) our family members play in in a relatively empty stadium than be i yeah i don't know so I think there's a lot of stupidity on both. I just wish everybody would just be reasonable. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's all I want. <laughs> that's going down a, a different avenue, and uh, we'll have to save that for next time. Yeah, I know. Being a cranky old man here. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's a, you know, we're getting away from baseball, and uh, all I got time for today is, is baseball. Yeah, but, yeah, um, yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> that's been another episode of uh, Pat and the Fat Man. Remember, we have a Patreon uh, where you can get lots of exclusive content. We're updating it uh, with a new episode every, at least every month, possibly more than that. So it's Patreon-exclusive stuff. So if you want to get a hold of that, uh, become a patron and head to the website. Did, did Hmm? did, Did you say explicit content? Yes. I said explicit. I, I don't know what I said. <laughs> what, what are you posting on our... I show? meant exclusive. <laughs> you not seen the... Dang it, Bruce. <laughs> I don't know if I want to see it now. All right, fine. Well, whether you're Bruce or not, go go to the Patreon. It's got exclusive content, you sick bastard. <laughs> I'm not the one who said explicit. <laughs> All right. I'm Pat. I'm the fat man. Stay classy. Go try. <laughs> this part may need to get it bleeped, but. You know? Yeah. yeah.